0: This episode is brought to you by our partnership with Grand Canyon University.
1: Welcome to the Ignite Project. I'm Jessica Solano, teacher engagement leader with Polk County Public Schools. And today we have a very special segment <laughs> that we've never done before to celebrate our year and a half of doing yeah. the Ignite Project together. You get to meet the entire <laughs> teacher engagement team. And so you all have met Mallory before, but we are using this opportunity to introduce Emily Diggs. Our, <laughs> hey our, to be here. Our newest teacher engagement coordinator super excited. Um, Emily is able to, um, she coordinates our all-teacher seminars, um, the Extending Excellence Program when it comes back, <laughs> Culture Ambassadors, Affinity Groups, I mean the whole slew of new teachers, culture-related stuff, so.
2: Yeah, love
1: Thank being you. here. Yeah, <laughs> she's getting her feet wet. She's going to start on the podcast very, very soon. Yes. <laughs> well, we wanted to use this opportunity really to kind of take a break right before the holidays to be able to look back and think, hey, where have we been? Right, so we know where we're going and starting the new year fresh. And so we're a year and a half in, 1.5 in the season. It's been a journey. (laughs) (laughs) We've been able to kind of look back at where we've come from to the episodes that we're doing now. And it's only been a season, but it's so interesting to see how much has changed, but then also how much has stayed the same. Um, so I think a great place to start is really thinking about Amber Scream, because she hit on our very first episode talking about
0: empathy, and that theme keeps coming back over and over yeah, again. Always, always it does. And I think that we did a good job starting off with that episode, but it's always a game changer when we're recommending episodes to people and we're just like, hey... This is when you really need to listen to because it's so powerful. There's so much compacted and said into one episode. Mm -hmm. It was really awesome. And I think that we started off with a bang and that we're able to come back to it. It's been really cool. Well, it's cool because we're trying to look at different like clips because we want you all to hear it. It's kind of like teasers, so you can go back
1: and (laughs) listen to the episodes later. Um, But so many for sure in Amber's, especially even just how she defines empathy and how it can look so different based on the different speakers that we had in the different situations. So let's listen real quick. To kind of start us off with how she defines
3: empathy. To me, the short answer is putting yourself in the shoes of someone else and feeling what they feel first Mm -hmm. and then responding to them like you would want to be responded to in those same shoes. Mm -hmm. So it's different to say, oh, I feel sorry for you or dang, it's sad that. Your mom may be on drugs or you didn't have any sleep last night. Mm -hmm. But when you are in that position to say, my mom was on drugs and I know how it feels not to sleep the night prior, Mm -hmm. then you deal with someone different because that's your experience. And so you deal with them, if that were me, how would I have wanted my teacher To bring me in when I didn't sleep the night before. Makes a world of difference in the connection that you have with the student and what you get out of the student or even adults, believe it or not.
1: Awesome. I think she does it exactly perfect. Putting yourself in other people's shoes. Sometimes we think like, oh, empathy, compassion, sympathy, aren't they all kind of like Mm -hmm. the same thing? And she just words it perfect because it's, it's having to understand their situation from their perspective. Not that you ever would have had to always go through their situations, but
0: understanding it and feeling it the way that they're feeling it. Yeah. Um, It goes back to a lot of what we're talking about in Leading from the Classroom where Brene Brown, Dare to Lead, talks about empathy versus sympathy, and she goes into those examples of we're easy to jump in and say, oh, but I've gone through a scenario that's like this, or I've kind of felt this, so I kind of have an understanding of what you're going through. And before doing that, I love that she just emphasizes you need to put yourself in their shoes first. However, you also need to think about how would you like to be approached in this situation. And I think because of lack of time or because of heightened emotion, sometimes we don't take the time to really do that first and take the time to really settle with that before mm-hmm. we approach the empathy method. So she it's very clear to follow her definition. So Yeah.
2: yeah. Later in the episode she talks about how it's having hard space yeah. for your students. And that I mean, what a better way to say that. Yeah you know, making room for your kids both in their shoes and Mm -hmm. just in your heart, like seeing where they're coming from. Right, these are real people.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's hard when you see them every day. (laughs) I used to work at this fancy restaurant and um, the managers would tell us, I know you get to be here every day, so this seems like a normal working environment. But some people come here once in their entire life, right? So we think of seeing it like that, like Mm -hmm. make the heart space and see these people. For what they are, which is people. Yeah. 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 I, I'd love to, like, in putting themselves, putting ourselves in their shoes, like getting out of the way, like you were saying, about, like, it's not about you. We don't need to hear yeah. your story. Nice. Someone's saying, oh my goodness, I just found out I have cancer. You don't
2: need to say that you have cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you just need to listen and feel how they're feeling and don't pretend like you know. Right. Like, say, I think later she even says, it's okay to say, I have no idea how this must feel, but I'm here. Yeah. yeah. What can I do? I'm here. Right. And how powerful is that? Not just saying, oh, that's too bad Mm -hmm. and kind of being done. Right. (laughs) But
0: really just sitting in it with them. It's yeah. so hard to do though. Your gut reaction is to find a connection with someone, right? You want to mm-hmm. comment because you want to feel that connection, you want to feel what they're feeling right. and sit with them on that. But if there's anything I've learned over the year for so, so many opportunities of it's okay, it's going to be so hard to just like not say anything and mm-hmm. just sit with them and be with them. Mm-hmm. But really that's what they need. They want to be valued and heard and right. to be seen. And the way you do that is sometimes just by listening. Right, we was talking
1: with our teacher leaders about, like, sometimes I just want to be able to tell you I'm having this problem and I don't need you to come in and fix it. (laughs) Even as, like, you know, talking about school problems, and here we are, like, what are we want to support you? But sometimes we might be over-supporting someone when they really just need Mm -hmm. to feel heard and not like, okay, well, here's how you fix it, move on. You know, because to them it might feel like, oh, I
2: guess it wasn't that big of a deal because you just came up with a solution in 10 seconds. Yeah. I feel that way sometimes. My first year teaching, I would explain what my day looked like and what was really wearing on me to people who weren't teachers at home. And I finally, about halfway through the year, I just said, sometimes I just need you to say, Mm -hmm. that's really hard, Yes. and just (laughs) let me sit with it. Or, you know, the first year of teaching's gotta be the hardest, you got it. And just Mm -hmm. leaving it at that, Right. you know? And how cool is it that she can do that for her students? Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly.
1: Well, and then I later on in the clip, I love how she captures that with social media, too, Yeah, especially by making comments, literally. <laughs> um, that was just to kind of give some context, too, to our audience. We kicked off the Ignite Project right as we were coming back to school after the pandemic had started. So we had March, April, May, virtual, immediately going into virtual um, yeah. teaching, distance learning. And then we started in August with a completely new, different-looking school year, right? And that happens to be when the Ignite Project came out. So she was our first one having gone through the pandemic. And if you were in education, you know, honestly, even if you were in education, you heard about education on social media. Uh, all the time. It was so ugly at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love how she talked about social media and addressing the comments, the things that you see, um, and what she thinks about how empathy has to play into that. So let's take a listen to what she says.
3: Do people know that they're posting on social media? media and what they're saying? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do they know the gravity of their words? No. Mm -hmm. I don't think they do. Do they know how hurtful their words can be to others? I don't think they do. But I think the bigger issue is that's a hurt person. Mm -hmm. That's a broken person. Yeah. Someone who handles their business in that manner. Mm -hmm. That's a hurt person.
1: And then she goes on to talk about how you p- can people change? That's a tough question to even mm-hmm. answer too. That she thinks people can change, but it, it starts with getting to know people and empathizing yeah. with them, understanding the experiences that have led to the feelings that they have that are now coming
0: across on social media for everyone to see. What are your thoughts on that? You say something, I think, several times throughout the year, last year, that really connects with this. And I thought about that oftentimes when people are so vocal and so loud (laughs) and they say such negative things, it's really because maybe somebody hasn't made the space to listen to them and to have that opportunity to share what they're feeling. And so when she says that's a hurt person, we have to remember that, you know, we get this in our office all the time that anybody who's taking that space to vent or share such negativity, it's because because they feel maybe that's the only place they could. Mm-hmm. No one in their life or no one in their experience or history, what's true to them is that no one's taking the time to listen to me, and so I'm gonna, in order to make change, I have to be loud. Right. And so sometimes in order to be loud, you're bringing the wrong kind of content the wrong <laughs> on here. the wrong type of platform. Right. And so I love that she just reiterates, we have to remember that sometimes the people who are the loudest or the most negative is that's a hurt person. Mm -hmm. And so to take time to understand you know, hey, if I give you space to listen, can we can we talk about this even though we may disagree in the end? Like, right. what does that look like? What does that sound like? Absolutely. And still extend mm. the empathy to them. Yes. Right. They, yes. Like,
2: sometimes it's the most difficult to mm. extend it to them, but they're the oftentimes the people that need it extended the right. most. Right, right. Yeah, for I sure. Agree. I
1: think we don't see it as black and white of like, okay, you said something I completely disagree with, so now I'm writing you off, right? <laughs> yeah. And that, unfortunately, yeah. is like what's happening right now, or definitely what's happening at that point, especially with everything, Mm -hmm. politically, everything that was going on, it was just a lot of black and white and this is how it is, period. But getting to the point where I'm seeing them as a hurt person Mm -hmm. and I'm able to say, I, I might not agree with what they're saying, but can I understand where they're coming from? That's such a huge part of what we're trying to do here and i I think she nails it and which really kind of brings into the next kind of topic that we see a lot we see empathy a lot but really especially shifting our mindset and our attitudes to seeing people as hurt people hurt adults and hurt kids Mm -hmm. um, and wondering how do we actually make change in a system that seems so gigantic and huge and uncontrollable Um, it seems like a lot of our guests that have been on here this past season and a half Um, have really focused on shifting their their own attitudes because they're focused on, one, what can I control? But they're seeing that, you know what, maybe I'm the one that's getting in the way. My attitude, I'm not doing this on purpose, obviously, but I can control what I do, and I'm seeing that what I do is actually negatively influencing some of the behavior and some of the outcomes that I'm seeing in my classroom. Adam Smith, I think, was a major one. Oh, I love it. So good, <laughs> so good. Um, I love how he talks about um, addressing student misbehavior, mm-hmm. and then honestly reflecting back on himself and saying, "There's some times where it's so bad, like I need to get myself a timeout." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That he needed time to kind of breathe and deescalate himself, and not just jump into it and take it personally. So um, I, I want, I love this clip about talking about how how we're talked to and how we end up talking to our kids. I think he puts it perfect. So let's take a listen.
2: Who wants to do when you say, you're going to do this right now? I mean, who who can come True. say that to you and you just,
1: oh, okay, right. thanks. i got my attitude right now. I'm good. That's you right. Know, it, nobody wants to be talked to like that. So right. I
2: always try to remember that. Now, am I perfect about that? No, I'll make mistakes and I'll right. raise my voice sometimes and say the things that I shouldn't say. And again, I should have given myself a timeout first. But again, it's recognizing that. And when we can recognize how a student
1: it, what's gonna benefit the student the best, Right. then we can make those choices more consistently and it, it, it flows, it works. It does. <laughs> I love that. It's yeah. reevaluating how we're saying, I don't know, to me, because I've been there, I think we've probably all three been there, <laughs> yes. Or are listening to say that like, yeah, I may have said that once or twice in my classroom yes. <laughs> or to my own kids. But I think when I'm in that space where I am getting upset and I'm talking like that to a student, I'm starting to take this personally. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm you are giving me a hard time. You are purposely being defiant to me. You mm-hmm. are not obeying my directions. And I'm taking it as an attack. And so I'm attacking back instead of realizing I'm the adult here in the room. <laughs> and like Adam is talking about giving myself yeah. time to calm down. Not that it gives them permission to just go ahead and run all over you, mm-hmm. but... Giving yourself that headspace to know you are human, you can act right. like this, but you've got to, you've got to pull yourself out of it, or else you're going to act like that.
0: Yeah, I was for like in an early on teaching career that mentality of drill sergeant. Um, this is my room. I demand the respect you will respect me. Um, I, sadly, like I'll throw myself under the bus. That was like the mindset coming it a, in. Don't smile
2: till Christmas. Right, yes. right, which I was like, when I heard that, that I was like, oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> and so I think that's such a, uh, you know, traditional, not agreeable with mentality because right. they are human beings. And so when we talk about as an adult, if you want to be approached that way and somebody's mm-hmm. telling me like, Getting loud, getting aggressive in my face. You know, if if we as teachers were taking a step out of our bodies and watching ourselves do that, I think even we would say like that's probably not the best approach. Right, right. But when you're in the moment, you're just like it just is like a train, a thousand miles an hour, and you're like I don't know how to stop this train. Mm-hmm. Should I stop it? I don't know how. So I love the timeout. I've given myself so many times out, you know timeouts in the past. Where the kids don't even know what's going on, but I just knew that I needed to take a step back to regather my thoughts mm-hmm. so that I could approach them with a more loving, patient, um approach versus the I'm gonna get what I need out of you and mm-hmm. get it right now and I'm gonna win and it's not about win or lose. Right. It's about moving on so that everybody can understand what they're doing and and understanding each other as a whole. So. Yeah, nothing productive yeah <laughs> no. <laughs> When nothing.
2: you're both at that level. Yeah. Like not one or the other when everybody's all heightened and everything. Right. I right. love that he talked about um, having a safe space Mm -hmm. for people to make a mistake. Not just students, but like being able to go back and say, hey buddy, like I'm really sorry. Like I handled that inappropriately. How powerful is that? Right. Whenever like people that you look up to can recognize that and tell you that. And what a great model for kids. Like, hey, this is what it looks like. When you make a mistake, like, let's own it and move on, mm, get a right. fresh start moving forward. Right. Yeah. Especially, you know, at the secondary level. You've been
1: in middle school, you know, your entire teaching career. We're coming from elementary. <laughs> but to be able to model for yeah. our students who are changing and growing into little adults, Yeah, that's got to be powerful for them to be like, oh, dang, <laughs>
2: Ms. Diggs just said she's sorry to me. Yeah. <laughs> everybody has bad moments yeah. and, you know, adults, kids, everybody. Mm-hmm. So being able to see them the next day and still say, hey, yeah.
0: hi, good yeah. to see you, welcome. Like, that's hugely powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Yeah, I also think that language, they tend to like Reflect what you're saying to them, and mm-hmm. they'll turn around and say it to their peers right. in those 100%. moments. And they're yeah. gonna be problem solvers for their own heated, you know, situations and emotional situations. So it really does trickle, in, you know, down to from student to student, friends mm-hmm. to friends, colleagues to colleagues. It's just universally all a really good idea. Yeah, <laughs> We're all modeling for each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Take self
1: control. Right. I like how he keeps going because he talks about humbling yourself, mm-hmm. which aligns totally with that. That it's not about you, but then mm-hmm. also talking about building a relationship and knowing your students doesn't equate to a lack of boundaries right. in your mm-hmm. classroom because that is hard. It's it's not that oh I'm giving you a timeout so now in the time that I'm taking a timeout please feel free to destroy my. do, do whatever, <laughs> yes. do whatever yeah. You want. yeah, it's not that. Definitely, you know, re-listen to the video if you haven't because um, he does a really great job of outlining that. But knowing that I can still have high expectations, still have strong boundaries. Right and still work in time for me to catch my, myself. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think that works perfectly into Michelle Dinwiddie uh, from the high school end now. So powerful. That progression of like, not just of knowing your students, but then getting out of our own headspace too to create these opportunities for them. I love how she describes it about creating this transformational teaching opportunity, but we can hold ourselves back from getting there mm-hmm. if we in our head are saying, my kids can't do this or I can't do this, or how does this even work? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, She creates these opportunities because she's been able to rethink and get herself out of the way. So let's take a look at what she's talking about.
2: My encouragement is whatever um, gets the students focused on service above self, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever um, encourages students to become more curious, whatever encourages students to form their own identities. And uh, for the skeptics out there saying, yeah, you don't know my... You know, you don't know my students, I would say there's no limitation whatsoever to teachers um, and what they can do to provide meaningful, nurturing experiences for their students. And in truth, the only thing I think holding us back would be our own attitudes about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right.
0: She nails it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The only thing holding us back is our own attitudes. Mm -hmm. So
0: true. Yeah. Um, That concept of service over self, I think when education, we focus so much on academics and Mm -hmm. we, as teachers, and I'll, I'll say this to myself, I was so focused and clouded by data and where they need to be and that pressure that comes, you know, with where to pace them and how far we need to, you know, to reach those goals and be successful. And so adding this element of service above self, it just really talks about, again, the understanding of the whole child, the human Mm -hmm. being behind it, and reflecting and modeling those skills so they can turn around and apply it outside of the classroom. And when we become so consumed with the data and so consumed with, you know, where we need to be as teachers... That part is left out, and mm-hmm. there's something so powerful about the what we can say to our students and how we feel about them, and say like it's not just do you understand the kids in my class? Because right. I don't think you no, know. <laughs> shifting class. that with that growth mindset of saying do you understand the yeah. kids that I have like. They're beyond incredible. They can achieve anything, mm-hmm. and then back that up with that that type of mentality that she's talking about.
2: Yeah, and she earlier in the episode, I wrote it down because I loved it. Um, she said students need to be doing all of the work. Mm-hmm. They are performing and shining while I'm backstage. I, I love know. that. It's like, oh my god! I think i been like, in her classroom.
1: That's totally it. Yeah, it's totally student driven. Mm-hmm. No matter which student she's teaching, you would never know because she has that expectation that she's. Leading from behind.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: it's so awesome. But it's that total shift in attitude. 100%. For sure. Well, a lot of times we feel like with data, with Mm -hmm. all the standards we have to meet, everything we have to do, if we're not up front leading, Mm -hmm. then it's not happening. When really, the students who, like the people who are doing the work are doing the most learning. Right. So if your students aren't doing the work, it was really doing the learning <laughs> right. so you yeah. got an A in my class all the time yeah, right. <laughs> that's
1: right. no and I think that aligns really well with what you were talking about with apologizing and teaching this is what it looks like so soft skills it you can't have a lesson like Michelle has where I'm doing service over herself and forming my own identity but at the same time I don't know how to apologize mm-hmm. like it's this all-encompassing type of view that you have to not only provide a lesson that's teaching these soft skills and 21st century skills but also modeling that mm-hmm. in every Thing you do and i think that leads it perfectly then to krista stanley who's our florida teacher of the year our only guest who's not been a polk county teacher <laughs> um but love to have her and she she did it really fabulously she's also a middle school teacher who was reflective especially in our first few years teaching that she is a part of the problem and why her kids aren't growing the way that they do and so she sets these goals for herself Um, in front of her kids so that they see, oh, I'm not the only one that has set goals. I'm not the only one that has to look at my data or take tests or do anything. It was this kind of modeling still of you continue to grow even as you grow up. Um, So let's listen to Chris's clip. What I did was I reflected that evening and thought, you know, I'm a big part of the problem. Hmm. I realized, and, and this took much longer than that night it took a few months of reflection um, realizing that you know when I first started teaching that I was committed to Mm -hmm. compliance instead of really planning rigorous lessons for my students and having those high expectations for them. You know the phrase we're gonna go to. Yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) hands down. Who's gonna say it first?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well we're we're gonna write this on the board and keep it there (laughs) all capital letters. (laughs) (laughs) Committed to compliance. That is so, so true. And when I think yeah. about that, I think about my evaluation and I know I'm gonna get my formal, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. check, 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 all these things. Not because it's actually good for student learning. I'm doing that because selfishly, I wanna make sure I'm gonna be highly effective. Mm-hmm. I wanna make sure that I have this. And it can end up becoming a routine where they're just helping me check off the boxes. And it's not something that's authentic. Right. That they're actually taking ownership over, even if it means, like Michelle, I'm not in the front mm-hmm. of the classroom.
0: Yeah. I think there's a difference between, um, again, it's so hard to make the shift of I'm just trying to get through the day or I'm trying to get through the lesson. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to pace through the curriculum app. And again, we say this because we've been there and we have experienced <laughs> yes. it and there's been a little bit of shame over it. Um, but shifting that mentality of it, it may take, so many more days to make sure that the rigor is there and the challenge is there and where am I taking each student differentiation versus let's just make sure I've done this mm-hmm. And some of the hardest lessons that I've had to ha- like headaches, resulting in headaches, resulting in tears <laughs> were sitting down with my grade level team and and tackling what does this really mean as far as the standard where am I taking each student And mm-hmm. so I think it's so humbling and so it can be so hard to to swallow that pride and say, like, I think I'm the problem. Like, yeah. she says that, and she's like, it takes so many nights of saying, like, okay, now that I recognize it, mm-hmm. what now? What's next? That actionable plan. It's okay to be wrong, and it's okay for eight years to have done this wrong, but the good thing is that you have an opportunity to, to pivot and start fresh, That's and fresh I love that. Yeah.
1: yeah. 100%. It's totally in the attitude, too, of realizing just because you're not doing – in a way that's the most effective doesn't mean that everything you're doing is wrong or you're a horrible teacher. Absolutely, That, I think, is the big thing. I have never heard this phrase until I came here to the district office, but basically about the phrase, you're calling their baby ugly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, oh, I think this program, which is not my program, might go well if it had this feedback. Oh, you can't say that because you'll be calling their baby ugly. Yeah. And so I think that's
0: (laughs) the worst phrase. (laughs) But it's so memorable. You're like, oh, gosh.
1: Because it is like my baby. So if I think about like, like leading from the classroom. Oh gosh. That's yeah. our baby. And so of course any feedback coming from outside might hurt but really trying to shift my attitude to they're giving me feedback based on their perspective. It doesn't mean the whole program is terrible. Right. It doesn't mean I should just scratch it. Forget it. We For, won't ever do right. leading from the classroom again. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're terrible. It doesn't mean I'm terrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the that's, program a, design is I think so that's a big
2: piece of it too. Yeah. Just being able to like reflect your own self mm-hmm. and he, be able to hear what people are saying to you in a way that you can do something about it.
0: Yeah. I think about our, our new teachers or people who are coming into the profession who are not education majors and they look at I you know, they look at people who've been in the classroom and this happened to me with my co teacher where somebody's been teaching fourteen years and they, they take a peek in the room or watch them teach and they're like <gasps> I gotta be like that now, yeah. yeah. And that's so debilitating. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a mindset that we need to just shut down real quick and say, like one day at a time, one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. As long as you're ever growing, ever building, that's the important part. And mm-hmm. it's not because you're a bad teacher, and it's not because you're doing it wrong. Just minor tweaks, because really, you want what's best for the students. If for that's your, your mentality, yeah. if that's what it's gonna take.
1: So. Yeah. Well, I think one of the areas that people are most like that with. Like at some point I'm gonna master this to me is um, classroom management and addressing student misbehavior. How yeah. yes. like I don't care how long I've been teaching, no. it's it's always something to learn. I yes. would always use this system that I felt like worked and worked and worked and it worked for about like seven years. And then I had one class, just so like, I don't know anything. None
2: of this works. You have to get out your first days of school book <laughs> yes. and learn. Like, right. Get the right. hair log right. Yes. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs>
1: And that's part of continuing to learn. And so I think I've known, like in the past, sometimes I'm having conversations with like, well, when I become a really great teacher, then I won't have to work with these students. And so a lot of the people that we've been able to work with on the show do such an awesome job yeah. of saying, I get to work with mm-hmm. those students, the students with um, behavior issues or the students who make it a challenge to teach. And so I, I, I love, I want to end with them because they really are capturing the essence of, Our show which is igniting a why in what we're doing and that's this is their why because of all the kids there's gonna be kids that show up that can probably teach themselves and they will (laughs) whether I'm there or not they're gonna get an A in class but then there's gonna be other kids who need us to be on our best and they're not the easiest to teach so I love Odile Perez Uh, she's talking the ESOL teacher who comes in and talking about understanding the experiences of our ESOL students um, just kind of puts it. She puts it in perspective of sometimes my norms, my experiences come out in how I'm teaching, but I don't even I might might not be taking the time to understand the different experiences right. of my students, and that could be influencing their behavior, which maybe doesn't align with my expectations, and then now I'm disciplining them, right? So let's take a listen to what she had to say about that.
3: There's so many things that could be a barrier. Um, in in my particular specialty or work. There's an ESOL, there's so many different things. It could be a language barrier, right. cultural barrier, or just a system barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, because, for instance, um, you know, something that we learned in the boot camp is silent solo, right? That's very common. Yeah. But if a student is just coming into the U.S., their system, they have maybe never done silent solo. They yeah. usually probably did a lot of collaborative teamwork because okay. there's a different cultural background. So we have to be careful of what we think is normal, or what should we expect the student to be doing?
0: <laughs> this hit me. I I really had a great opportunity of sitting with her and having um, a new teacher chat with her, and we met her from, you know, the boot camp. New teacher and, boot camp. Yeah. Um, she just was wondering, any person that you meet like that, and just kind of like Oh, we need to know more. We need to, We could talk for hours She's on this. sunshine. Uh, yeah, yeah, really. She's she amazing. Um, always smiling, also kind, but what really struck me was that it's true that, again, sometimes I'm so selfish as a teacher, and I don't intend to be, but I'm so stuck on, this is what I need from you, mm-hmm. and I really don't take the time to think about, do you understand what I need from you? And mm-hmm. not just in a logical sense, but a cultural sense, a perspective mm-hmm. sense, and, you know, then to take the time of, you got to build the relationships with your students to better understand their needs and their wants. And I love that she framed it in the word of barriers, yeah. because you can take down barriers and mm-hmm. barriers, they don't always have to be up, they get they can be adapted and changed and removed. And so being able to recognize as a teacher all these variable barriers, and then that's going to strengthen our teaching skills and our what we do day to day with our students. Yeah. I loved it. And I guess that kind of
1: that clarity that you're talking about, like, maybe, are you not understanding what I need from you? Mm -hmm. And that really drives home the point of the clearest kind is that we might think we're being clear, but if they have to keep coming back to you or showing you, I'm not understanding this, I'm not understanding this. And the communication is
0: not happening. Yeah, right. Not clear communication. And just because you repeat the same direction four times doesn't mean they're going (laughs) to understand it. And just because you're louder doesn't mean they're going (laughs) to understand it. Like, you know, it's just one of those things where you, is there a part of this that you need help with clarifying before you say like oh you're just out of compliance mm-hmm. you're being right. rebellious yeah. and so sometimes we tend to j- jump ship there mm-hmm. instead of you know going a step further yeah our all teacher
2: seminars like screaming in <laughs> my ear you're <They're laughs> yes. like pay attention what the heck does I pay attention, pay attention to that? <laughs> that? Like, i am so yeah. i totally agree it's mm. being able to see those barriers is so powerful because mm-hmm. at least you yeah. see them now. Yeah. We're invisible and we couldn't figure it out. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> and it may not happen right away. Right. But to take each experience and put them in your pocket and have that to to reaccess, you know, it, it's yeah. going to take time. But at least you're now aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're more open-minded
1: mm-hmm. to the fact that. I might be saying, pay attention, and <laughs> you are okay with, I am paying attention, I'm taking notes, yeah, but I'm not looking at you, Brandy. but if you need me to look at you to be that clear to say, mm-hmm. I need your eyes on me, yeah, and, and focusing on that, so great, awesome parts there, especially with understanding your student, and, and really digging into that, and then Brandy, <laughs> Hanoi, at Jesse King another Elementary, oh, um, uh, another we're like, one, which one are we going to take here, <laughs> so she is one that literally, if you asked her, she would use that word, I get to work with my students. And to the point where she even talks about how she requests for some of these students to be placed in her
0: class. Didn't she request to go to a school where she could be challenged by some of the the more behavioral issues? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to address that, but I just (laughs) did. (laughs) But to me, that is powerful to take ownership over the fact that I want to necessarily go I can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm needed anywhere. But I wanna go somewhere where I'm gonna actually grow right. the most from that. Right. but when she's told us that, I was I like, know. oof. Well and what's and for those that don't know, we are paired
1: with recruitment. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to get quality teachers here and then in teacher engagement we try to keep them here. And so especially someone like her who's a certified, you know, coming from an ed program mm-hmm. candidate, that she really has anywhere that she could go and get hired. But what we're oftentimes seeing is that the schools that need the best teachers are not the schools that end up mm-hmm. always getting the best teachers and sometimes end up getting the newest teachers right. and so of course she is still new but yeah. still at the same time you're getting a lot of people there because there are some major challenges there especially when it comes to behavior and so how different could it be if you get to work at these schools because you have mastered as much as you can because we know we always keep <laughs> growing classroom management and working with yeah. students and having the shift in attitude of because you are so good at getting to know your students and building relationships with them and holding them to high expectations, mm-hmm. you get to work at a school where they need you the most. Yeah. And you're making such a huge impact. I love that about her attitude and how she gets in on, on looking at those different Mm -hmm. strategies, um, telling her kids that even after you mess up, I still love you, you know, you're a person to me. So I, let's listen to her clip, especially when she's talking about the different strategies Mm -hmm. that she uses to get to know her students. And of course, like we will always end up getting down to is how do we fit it in, (laughs) the energy that it takes. I love her perspective. Managing behavior takes a lot of work and energy, especially emotional energy. So when you're not having to invest that in a negative way, like yeah, I'm putting out a lot of energy to do these other things, but it's positive energy Mm.
2: and not negative energy, which is far more draining for me anyhow. So I feel like it balances itself out. And then also just thinking about getting kids that will work for you, right? Like they're always gonna volunteer to
1: help do something or make my life easier because I've built that connection. Yeah. To me, this kind of correlates with classroom management, right? Like you know you've got to put your systems and routines and practice and practice and invest all this time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we don't always invest all of this time into relationship building year round. And I love how she captures that, that yeah. it's a lot of energy. It's going to be, That's a lot of energy addressing <laughs> the behavior, which is negative energy, but it's also a lot of energy to build relationships, but at least it's positive energy. Right. And then relating that at the end to and then it can help make your life easier because now you have the buy-in of your students and they want to help instead of it, you really being on your own.
2: I think she calls it planting a seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like, And the way that she was talking about it, if I remember correctly, was you can plant a positive seed by the way mm-hmm. you talk about and interact with your students or you can plant a negative one yeah. that ultimately affects your kids in your classroom. So if you're talking about that student and their behaviors mm-hmm. and all that stuff, are you planting a positive seed or a negative one? Right. And
0: I love that analogy. Absolutely, yeah. I think also she brings up um this is why you have to check out the episodes it was for yourself <laughs> it's <so good>. um, <laughs> the whole thing yeah. um but she talks about um prior years as a fifth grade teacher being at the top of your grade level, you'd often hear from prior teachers who've experienced or had that student. And she also mentions personalities. Mm-hmm. And so in fifth grade, personalities are shifting constantly, hormonally mm-hmm. constantly is a giant roller coaster. Yeah. And to be able to say, um, if we can learn as colleagues to not necessarily provide all the feedback mm-hmm. to the next grade level, and maybe bring just you know the positive feedback, and you can bring constructive feedback, but really it could depend on the. Per- Personality from teacher to student, or who's grouped with each other in that particular mm-hmm. class. And so allowing time for that teacher to spend with a fresh start mm-hmm. with that student and have that fresh slate and planting those positive seeds instead of already coming in with this mentality of like, oh, I know right. all about you. Right. You know, because that's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. That can really affect a student, that can really affect how a teacher approaches a student. And I or oftentimes it was like, I didn't want to necessarily go la, 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 yeah. But I really <laughs> I mean, wanted to to build that, you know. And so I, I really, a lot of what Brandy said resonated because I'm like, it's so true. You're you're going to have some of that negative energy that's right. not going to go away, that's going to show up from time to time because we're human beings. But what would you rather have? Mm-hmm. More positive energy than negative or spend most of that time on that negative energy, right. you know, energy putting out these fires. Right. And so, right. yeah. Well, and I think it's good for us to talk and collaborate with our colleagues Absolutely. and say, hey, man,
1: this would be great even talk about like I wish I could talk to the sixth grade teachers after they leave you in fifth grade but I think that's just a small tweak of tell the story but tell it in a way that's positive like it's not that it's not true. Like, hey, right. this student, John, in my classroom, he really has a strong personality. There are some times where he got really upset. But here's what I found that worked. Yes. And Or, you know, I'm still working on it. I can tell you what doesn't work. Yes. <laughs> don't <laughs> pair him with this kid or yeah. don't do this. But we've really got to see as a collaborative effort that we need to figure out how to motivate him mm-hmm. or we need to figure out how to address him or teach him how to properly handle some of these behaviors. Right. Then it's different. Because like, mm-hmm. help me Absolutely. out so I don't have to relearn it. Yeah. I like the strategy part.
0: Definitely. Like, bring that to the table mm-hmm. for sure because it's a game changer. Yeah. You need to have that collaboration. Right. But if you're just talking about hey, hey, that's kid, <laughs> get ready. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very disheartening. Well, and it
1: goes back to planting a seed because mm-hmm. even then, even though you're not talking to the student, you're planting a seed in the next teacher's mm-hmm mind which already is setting them yeah. up for failure right you know and so that's taking that ownership of you've got to do this some of us are teachers because we have great teachers planting seeds i know for me it was the teacher the principal and all the teachers who were like jessica's crazy <laughs> they're, they're a little bit right <laughs> but um I, I tell a story sometimes how my principal told my mom because yeah, I kept getting sent to the principal's office for being kind of out there, but um,
0: you? Totally yeah. changed. I, I Totally changed. I'm a new I totally changed.
1: <laughs> but saying um, he told my mom and my fifth grade um, principal had told my mom Jessica's never going to amount to anything, and so yes, and so and that, look at you oh, now. God. But like, you're going to tell to an elementary yes. schooler who's barely, yeah. you know, and this is you know way back then, but still, it's. You remember thank, it. Me. Yeah, it resonates. Yeah. Well, and thank God my mom didn't tell me. She told me eventually when I was like in school. <laughs> yeah. But because she protected yeah. me from that. But imagine if I had heard that, if he had told me that, which I've seen teachers say a lot yeah. of things that I'm sure they don't intentionally mean to cause harm, but that would have caused harm to me to say, I am not smart. Yeah. I am I am not like anybody else. I need to be normal. I need to fit in this box. And so I think that's part of planting the seeds and getting to know. It wasn't until I got to fifth grade, my right. first ever teacher that was like, hey, I see you. Let's put you in there. And so I think all of that kind of coming together can either plant, like you're saying, bad seeds or good seeds mm-hmm. to sure. impact their future. And then I think that ends perfectly with our <laughs> last one, Jan, your anchor from um, Ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she does a really great job of being able to kind of capture um why every student deserves a teacher that believes in them and her podcast is even i think called every student deserves to graduate yeah
3: yeah.
1: um and so she is a high school reading teacher for students who may not be meeting those requirements in order to graduate so she's working with a group of students that are tougher to to kind of get through and so i I love her conversation with samika about the word failure Mm. so let's listen to that
0: yeah i don't like the word failure i can tell Um, yeah (laughs)
3: Yeah, we don't use that word in my room. Um, And there are no failures in my room. No one. Uh, If they get a score back um,
0: and they say, oh, I failed the test, I will look at them and say, you have failed nothing. There is no ability to fail. You just did not get the score that you wanted.
3: I said, look where you were at the beginning of the year. You know, you had a 14, you now have an 18. Look at the growth that you've made.
1: Such a shift in attitude, total shift. And it's again, like we keep talking about, it's modeling for them. Fourteen to an eighteen,
2: not a lot of growth, but it is growth. There's growth, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and celebrating successes, right? Like little, little successes, makes such a difference to everybody. Right. You don't want to wait till you're at the end of a race to go woohoo. You want to like, mm-hmm. as soon as you meet those milestones, celebrate exactly. instead of feeling beat down the whole yeah. way through. So how cool that she's there with her students alongside them. Right.
0: Yeah, it breaks that uh, that mind shift of, you know, for so long we're driven to make A's, we're driven mm-hmm. to make um, high scores, we're driven to pass because that's what society, that's what our teacher, that's what the school wants us to do. And so when we're approaching things like this within her classroom, kids are already coming in and they, they don't want to be there. They don't want to do this. They already feel beat down. And so um, the resiliency is little to none. Yeah, And so how powerful and how difficult it must be to say this to them repeatedly, to, to break that mindset of, mm-hmm. this is not a necessarily a performance-based classroom, this is a growth opportunity. Because no matter what, we're gonna get you where you need to be. So right. you have to trust me in that process. And I just love that she's like, that's not an option. Like, I don't even know <laughs> what you're saying. Like, get that word out of here. Um, because she she straight up is like, it's it's not that, it's this. Mm-hmm. and so bringing new language and new approach and um, when she continues throughout the episode she really is there for them she shows mm-hmm. up with them so it's not just speaking truth and and them listening and having that buy-in it's it's everything that she does to ensure in models like this is what Success right. really looks like and mm. really feels like versus what you've been defined as for so long. Yeah, and meeting them where they're at. Mm-hmm. She doesn't she talk about taking the ACT? Yes, yeah, she students. takes it. Yeah, she yeah. puts herself <laughs> in, a like in a new yeah,
2: so that she can understand her students' mindset and help them prepare. Talk about me. I'd be like, all the test test haters out there, like, oh gosh, there (laughs) has to be another way. Yeah. Yeah. But just being able to meet them at that Mm -hmm. headspace and go, okay, here's how I felt. How did you feel? What can we do? What can we control? Right. Absolutely. Just like Amber was talking about in the first episode. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it's all totally related. I agree. And I think mm-hmm. if you put them all
1: together, it's in that line of thinking of we got to stop doing what we've always done and thinking inside the box and instead shifting that paradigm to how can I reach my students? I'm not going to be perfect at everything, but how do I change yeah. that? How do, maybe I take the ACT. Maybe I go. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> what are, what's option number yeah. two? That's
0: right. Yeah.
1: We yeah thinking of things differently. Look like with, with Adam getting mm-hmm. to know every single one of his students. With Michelle changing, completely transforming the way that she yeah. approaches lessons. Um, I know Brandy. She would talk about going and watching like anime. anime. And yeah. Like, but looking, <laughs> like, she at least likes football. But like yeah. really thinking outside the box as far as how am I going to be what my students need me mm-hmm. to be. Um, so uh, just awesome, powerful stories. If we could really talk about every single one, we would have talked about every single yes. one. But there's only like, so much time. <laughs> But we thought it was only fair because we asked all
0: of our guests <laughs>
1: <laughs> the same question. We're laughing. Now we're really light. under the
0: spotlight. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to take the ACT <laughs> Yeah, That's
1: right. Um, we call this the Ignite Project. Mm-hmm. and every show, we go through the same thing. This is the Ignite Project. The point of the, pro- of the Ignite Project is to be able to ignite a passion in other teachers. And what we've seen, um, just in the teachers we've seen here in the whole podcast, is everyone has a different passion, mm-hmm. but there's also so many commonalities here. Yeah. Um, but how how do you how do you take that passion and then ignite a, a spark that leads to a wildfire in our educators not just in Polk County but yeah in the whole country yeah so um so we're gonna ask each other this really <laughs> quick 30 seconds wrapping us up And um, since you're new we're gonna start with you oh yes you. <laughs> if you could pick one area in education to spark change and ignite a shift in behavior and mindsets what would it be
2: I think it would be collaboration yeah like authentic collaboration so, as a social studies former, well, no, I'm still a social <laughs> So, as a social studies teacher, of course, I have a quote by one of my favorite historical figures, oh, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, one of my absolute favorite quotes about life um, far and away, the best prize that life has to offer is the chance to work hard at work worth doing. Mm, I love that. And I think us as teachers, we all feel that, but we feel siloed at times. Mm-hmm. So, I think collaboration doesn't necessarily just mean with Coworkers, mm-hmm. or people at your school or even with your students right. but just being able to reach out and know that there's somebody there to lean on some and that you can leverage people's strengths right mm-hmm. how like being i was a success coach for about a year and a half before i got to join the team here and i never noticed how many people are doing amazing work and are experts at mm-hmm. what they're doing yeah that are willing to help and be there, yeah. but we just don't know that they're there. right? Yeah. So I think collaboration yeah. would be my answer. Are we yeah. saying too much like a
1: competition and not yeah. collaboration? Like just because yes. she's really great at this doesn't mean that I'm terrible at it, you 100%. know, right?
2: It's a teamwork, yeah. you know, reach out and ask. As I was thinking about this, I the thing that kept coming to mind was passing the baton, mm-hmm. but that's like, become kind of a, oh, they're passing the baton kind of thing. And <laughs> really, it's like when you're passing the baton, you trust the mm-hmm. other person. Right. You're true. running alongside them. You're passing it to somebody yeah. who is meant for that role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not giving up. It's celebrating at the end or mm-hmm. picking them up at the end of a yeah. lost race. It's being there in it with them. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. oh, so passing the baton yeah.
0: in a good way. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> Don't drop it. <laughs> or a team. But. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Mallory? Um, interestingly enough, my <gasps> deals... We did no. not... I'm glad <laughs> I I like her answer. That's, no. I can change my um, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Um, so I think my answer would have been different as a teacher yeah. than now. Mm-hmm. So now that I've been in this position for two years and had a little bit of both sides... Something I've gotten um, really passionate about is the collaboration between teacher life and administration. Mm -hmm. And so we've had countless conversations about this. And so one thing that I think is I've had some life-changing mentors I've also had some life-changing leaders who are admin, um, and I've had colleagues who have changed my life, and constantly, over the 10 years, the thing that I feel like needs to happen is this gap that needs to be bridged between communicating with this administrator sees a bigger picture, Mm -hmm. maybe has the cover to the puzzle, and I have the pieces, and in order for us to fit, in order for us to really reach some success and meet these goals is Um, I need to connect with them. And so that obviously is hard when maybe you're not necessarily invested because you're all in the classroom. And, you know, I don't, I had a hard time seeing my principal as a human being. Like if I'm like a student would see a kid at at the grocery store. (laughs) You don't live in school? Yeah, your principal, principal, like at the (laughs) farmer's market, you're like, hi, Bob. Uh, hi boss! <laughs> That's you. Just double checking because you're wearing a hat. I've never seen you wear a hat before. Um but to to go in, and Amber talks about this is like if I don't feel a connection or if I don't feel like I have much in common and I do want to make a connection and better understand their world, going in and saying like, hey, you know, can you give me some feedback on this or just like how are you? Like, yeah. do you have people check on you a lot? You right, know, right. And and vice versa, and bridge that gap because what we're all doing is important and mm-hmm. what we're all doing takes hours and hours of exhaustion and what we're all doing is to benefit the success of our students. Right. And so we really do have this big goal, but to be able to bridge that gap and mend it together, we. we that's my goal, because yeah. awesome. we got some work to do.
1: Like, we get your son, and we yeah. get your son. <laughs> to we're
0: mouth. all on this
2: together. We're, yeah. we're all on the same team. Right. Sometimes yeah. it feels like we're on two different teams.
1: It
0: does. And teammates <laughs> fight, <laughs> or yeah. teammates don't see eye to eye, right. or some teammates are new, and some people have been there for a long period of time. But to really see both strengths, both sides of the strengths, mm-hmm. and hear everyone's perspective, and, yeah. and be able to have that opportunity. yeah, Yeah, yeah. I agree.
1: Well, so my shift would be, I would want to ignite a shift in storytelling. Just mm-hmm. as far as like, we, Brittany Brown calls it like the story you tell yourself, but also the story we say out loud on social media, the story we tell other teachers, the story I tell myself, all of it. I think we have to change the narrative. It's, mm-hmm. Like we've really hit on a lot here. It has to stop being about what's wrong and what I can't control and it has to start being about what's right, what's good, and what can you do about it? And so I think that's been the biggest thing and it's been so inspiring to see all of these teachers and all the teachers we keep getting to work with, how they're looking at things differently instead of just kind of feeling like there's nothing I can do. And they're just completely overwhelmed by everything that we can not control. And education, there's plenty in here that's not right. So much in here Mm -hmm. that's not right. And hopefully we'll eventually grow. But I think really changing that narrative, I think it's going to pay off in dividends for everybody. I see it on social media, and and sometimes, you know, that's one form of expression, but sometimes I don't think that we realize the story that I'm portraying on social media, how that impacts parents who are making the decision whether or not to send their kids to your school or to a different school. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's impacting people who are at the state level who are making decisions, and this is what they, all their friends who are teachers, and this is what they're posting on social media, does that impact the decisions that they're making? But, and then even more so, especially, you know, at middle school, high school level, our students are on facebook and instagram and they're seeing what we're saying or they're hearing us in the in the teacher's lounge yeah Yeah, they're hearing it and and as we talk to other teachers i just think sometimes it's natural obviously for us to be overwhelmed and frustrated but it really takes a conscious effort to shift the stories we're telling so that it's positive or at least fine comes to a point where there's a solution coming and Mm -hmm. it's not just this inevitable Terror and horror. That <laughs> and there we are got so a many a good stories to tell. Yeah, yeah. So many. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's focusing on those, mm-hmm. but you have to choose them. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, ladies.
3: This was fun. Yeah, this oh, yeah. was fun. <laughs> well, this is an annual thing.
0: Annual Such a thing. great year of yes. podcasts. So I can't wait till you know when we wrap up this year's podcast and kind of see how much of an impact they've made as well. Exactly. Okay. Happy holidays. Thanks for joining us. You can subscribe to the Ignite Project on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or watch online at the Polk County Public Schools YouTube channel. To learn more about the Ignite Project and other Polk County Public Schools podcasts, go to polkschoolsfl.com forward
3: slash podcasts.